0: Welcome to another edition of the Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer. And 101.7 TheHammer.com, I am Jared Jesselitis over there, Jeff Julik. We're going to spend the whole hour talking Boilermaker hoops. And it's been a, uh, well, it's been a long, long week, Jeff. I mean, the last time we were on the air, we, you know, come right in after watching that terrible loss to Rutgers. You were hoping to see a new refocused team in the Barclays Center. And you got that for maybe about the last seven minutes. The The rest of that game was rather suspect. It was not what you wanted to see uh, response-wise out of Purdue. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people say that uh, the shots just weren't falling and that was a problem. Uh, not to me. I, I think you watch that first half, you wonder where the effort was at. It's not just the shots not falling. I, it's effort on both sides of the ball. Yeah,
1: you know, talk about range of emotions. You know, Purdue reaches the number 1 rating and then all of a sudden – you know, lose on a 45-foot jumper at the buzzer. And then, you know, we were talking about how excited we were that we had another game coming up. And they come out, and you're absolutely right. They You know, they kind of slip through that uh, first 35 minutes of the game. And, you know, I wonder how much of that is a hangover from, from losing that uh, game to, uh, to Rutgers. But, boy, you have to be excited about the last uh, – Few minutes of that game, as well as the overtime, as the effort was there, and then you know Travion Williams was just unstoppable. So you know, uh, nice to see them be able to rebound like that, and it's a victory. We need you would hate to have a two game losing streak after being number one, and and so that's nice to see, and and hopefully they realize that they have to have effort every single time and and work hard, and
0: and hopefully that'll carry over into the Butler game tomorrow. And then you come to Monday, and I- I'll be honest, surprised they're ranked third. Really surprised that uh, they didn't drop them down farther. Not saying they deserve to go down farther. Um, I'm just surprised that those voters took in, you know, the fact that Rutgers needed a hero step, essentially half-court buzzer beater to beat this team and said, all right, cool. And then looked at that effort at uh, Barclays and said, all right, no, they're still a good team. Everybody kind of has. You know, this kind of stuff happens. I didn't expect for them to be that merciful. I really thought they would have slid down, you know, out of the top five at least.
1: And I think most people did, but I think that's probably a sign of respect for Matt Painter's program. I mean, the uh, yeah, which
0: is yeah. new from those folks. Yeah, which is true. <laughs> but you
1: know, uh, they were the best team in the country the week before, and we all thought that as they went into that that week, they were ranked number one. And you know, and and the coaches ran them fourth, so you know they they're both on the same pages there. And you know. Th- this has been a season where number one has had a tough time staying number one. And, uh, you know, I, I think Purdue's every bit as good as they were two weeks ago. It's just that, you know, you're going to run into some of these laws and, uh, and, uh, they, you know, look what Rutgers did the very next game. I mean, what Harper was, had a horrible game and, you know, he had such a great game against Purdue, but yet he couldn't even get big 10 player of the week. And that went to, that went to Travion Williams. And so, you know they had four guys career nights for Rutgers and and we got their best game and they beat us and now this team has to learn from those mistakes and and hopefully the things they learned in the Iowa games the things that they learned against Rutgers and the things that they learned uh, in that NC State game is really going to help them down the down the uh, stretch here because you know tomorrow's a game that they should be able to win and hopefully win fairly easily and then they got a couple payout games during the holidays and then hey it's back into Big Ten play.
0: So you get this long uh, break for the week. It's a Crossroads Classic tomorrow. Uh, Unfortunately, something else is starting to rear its ugly head again, and that is COVID, and that's starting to impact some games. We remember the impact that it had on Sasha last year. Remember that? He sat out, those games came back, and just really never seemed like he was the same there for quite some time. And he only missed, what, like eight days maybe, nine days, something like that? And, uh, you know, that had an effect. Uh, something to keep an eye out here. I- I'm not going to panic about it because it's not something that you really can control if you're Purdue. I mean, you can do the best with the masking and, and, and the distancing and all that stuff. But, you know, all these kids are going to be traveling for the holidays and stuff, too. It's going to be rather tough to avoid some of that stuff. But it's um, it's shaping up to be a bizarre year, Jeff. That's that, that's my take on this. It's shaping up to be a real bizarre year where anything can and probably will happen again.
1: Yeah, and it's a scary time for the athletic departments. You know, tomorrow, uh, you know, the the Kentucky High State game, which is one of the marquee matchups on CBS, is canceled, and and Kentucky's making the trip out to Las Vegas and has asked for an opponent, and you know they're they're trying to find somebody they can play. And you know, Purdue's got a, a Bishop game.
0: Sycamore got a basketball team. <laughs>
1: You know, Purdue's got a game Monday against the Incarnate Award, and they're traveling up from the San Antonio area to play this game. And, and you know, just imagine if they couldn't make that trip and, and the athletic department had to refund, you know, 15,000 tickets. I mean, that's just crazy. So so you hope that, that these games can get in. You hope Where's that, the
0: Athletes in Action at? Get them exactly. out here. Let's go.
1: <laughs> you know, and – uh you know, they, they need to get these games in and, and hopefully Purdue can stay healthy and, uh, and continue uh, making progress because we've all seen what Matt Painter can do during the holidays when he has a lot of practice time and those kind of things. And you would hope that uh, they're able to get all their practices in because, you know, while this team is very good, we all think they can be even
0: better. Are they still around, Athletes in Action? I think we've gone down this road before. Didn't we look it up? They're still, they are still They still kind of do stuff? I think don't. they
1: do. I mean, they haven't been on the produce schedule for several years, but boy, that used to be a staple <laughs> every year for uh, the exhibition game, the Athletes in Action.
0: <laughs> what a terrible exhibition game that stuff was. <laughs> but we did it, man. I'll tell you what. Um, all right, so we got a great show lined up for you here. We got Alan Carpenter coming up in just a little bit. Uh, the other piece of news that we got this week uh, in, you know, you got lost in the sauce that was the portal and uh, signing day uh, on Wednesday for football, but then uh, just yesterday, uh, Purdue gets themselves another four-star guy for basketball, Draven Gibbs-Lawhorn, uh, a kid that had been playing a little bit at McCutcheon, you know, went out to play some prep ball, and Utah is going to come back. Uh, you pair him with Miles Colvin, and uh, that gives Purdue one of the top recruiting classes for 2023 on top of that. You know, it's it's early. You don't want to put a lot on kids that are uh, still juniors in high school, but uh, it is nice to see that the, the recruiting continues that kind of upward trajectory.
1: Yeah, and actually, uh, since our last show, you know, the, the, the giant Swede, Will Burke, committed to Purdue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: so, I mean, that's that's huge. Because Does he he's... have an accent? Because I was always bummed with Matt Harms. <laughs> I was like, where's your Dutch accent? I... The, those. Those Austin Powers movies let me believe. Yeah, those (laughs) Austin Powers movies believe me to hear something, and it 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 was not laid on thick there, which is fine, but uh, you know, kind of threw me for a loop. It's like, here, I would like you to meet my friend from France, and he has an American accent. You're like, no, shouldn't you sound French? No, you don't. (laughs) But yes, no, uh, you you get that sweet, and and maybe not a proven commodity, but whatever. Where else is a seven footer going to go play? Oh, absolutely, it's it's become big man. You and you know, that's an outstanding recruiting class that
1: he's got in that class of 2022. When you look at lawyer and you look at Brandon Smith, who, who are easily the number one and number two candidate for Indiana, Mr. Basketball this year. So you got those guys in there and then, you know, you add in the, the, the big guy and, and, you know, if Zach stays another year, which we hope he will, I mean, he'll have a year to develop under him. And, you know, we continue that tradition of being able to get the big guys and, uh, you know, it's just one of the things. Matt Painter is just just tearing up the recruiting world right now because of uh, having the number one team. And everybody knows if you come to Purdue, you're going to play for a great coach. You're gonna you're going to learn a lot of things. And I think most importantly, I think the parents love the fact that Coach Painter has their kids uh, uh, under his tutelage because he's such a great guy and and does a great job teaching them to get ready for the the world as as we know it. So just a uh, great job by Matt and well, his staff.
0: And, and the other thing too is. I think that you get lost in this is that now with that kind of recognition and that kind of validity behind what he does, he has a little bit more of a choice in who he can go after. You know, when when you're early on in this, you're trying to prove yourself and stuff. You're kind of going after the kids you think that you can get. Now you have a little bit more of a choice in who you do here. Whereas where I don't know that Matt Painter has had the ability to have. You know, hey, we've got like four or five guys here that fit the program. You know, you can literally go after more guys that fit the program a lot better because you have validated that process and what you do in getting the right persons here. When you see the trays and you see the, the Jade and, Ivies and and you see the Carson, the, the, the right fits, and he knows what the right fit is, right? So I, I think he's got a, a slightly bigger pool now to play with as to uh, where he didn't before.
1: And, Jared, that's an absolute great point because, uh, you know, I remember Coach Katie. You know, he struggled in recruiting and, and to get the top players. He just did, did such a great job of recruiting, of coaching them up. And I remember when he got Mike Robinson, who was his first McDonald's All-American, and it meant so much to coach because he didn't have that luxury of choosing players. He was trying to get what players he could get to come to Purdue. and And Matt has taken this program to the next level where – you know it seems like the four star recruits are now the norm and not the exception and and you know we obviously get one with with Gibson Lobson yesterday, so you know Matt has got his program in an outstanding position, and you know he's done it the right way, and then you see crazy stuff going down like what's going down in Nebraska now, where you know they've got some serious recruiting <laughs> violations and and made it lose. i'm i'm
0: sorry- I'm sorry for laughing at that. But, like, you look at the product that you're putting out there on the court. And you're cheating. And I hear you're you. <laughs> like, if you're going to cheat, get the results. It's like if you're going to hold a guy in football to save your quarterback, then you might as well hold and make sure. It boggles my mind when you see a guy get called for holding and he still gives up the sack. If you're going to hold him, then hold him.
1: Are you saying that this basketball team in Nebraska could have been worse if they hadn't been cheating? I mean, come on. I'm just saying
0: Nebraska was, is where all fun and hope goes to die. For sure, at least in the basketball side. And football for the way they've been playing recently. So. <laughs> you tell me about it. All right, look, we're going to take a little break here. But coming up next, uh, we got our good friend Alan Karpick of goldenblack.com. Uh, what does he think about uh, that game out at Barclays Center? Uh, he'll uh, give us that and more. So stick around. We've got a whole hour talking Boilermaker Hoops here on the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Welcome back. This is the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, and 1017TheHammer.com. I am Jared Jesselitis. Jeff Julik is across the board from me. And let's head on over to the Hammerhead Hotline for the first time today. And let's talk with Alan Karpik. He's the publisher of GoldenBlack.com, a tremendous resource uh for Purdue sports fans, especially now that we're doing all the recruiting. I know you want to uh, learn more about these kids in football, and of course, uh uh, another new one in basketball, uh, just from yesterday, and the Draven Gibbs Lawhorn coming to uh, Purdue. You got questions, Brian Newbert, uh, Tom Deanhart, Allen. Uh, you know they all got answers over there for you. It's a tremendous website. I'm a subscriber. I love it. I think you'll love it too, Al. Um, it's uh, it's been an interesting week, right? It's it's been finals week, so the the action's been done. A rough last week of games. Uh, you know, Traven Williams starring in the John Carpenter remake of Escape from New York is what that looked like uh, <laughs> in, in Brooklyn. Technically Brooklyn, I get it, but yeah. um, you know, where does this team come back to mentally as they get ready for the Crossroads Classic tomorrow?
2: Well, I, I think Butler's always a tough game also, I would say that. I mean, we know uh, pretty historically. I mean, how sad is it that this, this tournament or this event is coming to an end? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Very sad. But But, uh, I mean, it's just such a... As as Everett Stevens says on the uh, jumbo or on the on the video board at Purdue, it's a monument to basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to me, to me, it's a shame that that's gone. But that's another thing. Um, you know, I I think basketball seasons. You know, we all live in snapshots of the moment, and um, and when you don't, when something, when you think you've got something that can't be beaten, like we thought after Purdue, uh. Purdue beat Florida State and, and everything was just, just fine and dandy. This is a long year and things are going to happen uh, and losing it to Rutgers, it still took a 40-foot shot, Euro-step 40-foot shot or 50-foot shot or whatever it was to beat Purdue. And Yes, Purdue played with fire in that game and yes, Purdue was not good for 35 minutes against North Carolina State. North Carolina State also better a better team than, than you might think. So uh, the answer is we'll find out Saturday where Purdue is. Purdue's going to lose games. I don't think they're going to lose very many, but I still say uh, that this is, there's a, there's so much good basketball out there. If you don't play well, you don't shoot the ball well, which is what Purdue didn't do. Uh, and, you know, that that's the thing that the Boilermakers have to figure out. Nights nice that they don't shoot the ball well. They've got to find a way to play elite defensive basketball. They did in the final six, seven minutes of the game against North Carolina State, or maybe the last 10. They didn't uh, before that. And all those factors, you know, we know in basketball, it doesn't go in every time. Purdue's got to figure that part out.
1: And, Alan, such a great event. You know, the Crossroad Classic, what's going on for, what, 11 years or so. I mean, yeah. talk about your memories at this. I know Purdue's not had a great record in there, but talk about your memories. And before you say that, I mean, my best memory of it happened in 2018 when the Boilermakers were down there getting their heads handed to them by Notre Dame. And they discovered a really good freshman basketball player. He was extremely overweight, uh, Travion Williams. And and I discovered you after the game, and and we we discussed, and we were both so depressed at how this basketball team was. And the next thing you know, they're winning Big Ten championship and going to the uh, you know a a second away from going to the Final Four with that basketball team. So well, I, you know,
2: yeah, I, yeah, I think that that event has been tough for Purdue. Um, and, yes, I do remember Travion Williams backing down. You know, Notre Dame just beating Purdue like a drum. I mean, it was not even close. Uh, I mean, in the double digits, most of that second half, as I recall. And, yeah, you do find new things. You find things about players, and yet you walked off, I think Purdue was 6-5 and five at that point after that loss or somewhere that close to that record. And you did wonder, like, what, what end is next, uh, What up? Is, what's up next. I think the best thing about it for me uh, has been just the again the fact that it 's a celebration of basketball I mean Purdue and Indiana have had its great rivalry over the years and and Butler has you know uh, has been, uh, going back to Brad Stevens and even before even going back to tony hinkle it 's just it 's just college basketball the way it should be, and I think from a personal standpoint it 's always kind of uh, my wife won't, won't agree because I probably should be home doing something, working, getting ready for Christmas. So it was always kind of a <laughs> nice event to be able to sit back and just, you know, enjoy. Always fun to watch Purdue play, but then after that, it's always fun to watch whether it's Purdue, watch IU play. Get a good look at Indiana and see where they are. And that will be a good storyline also on Saturday because I don't, you know, I've watched Indiana play a little bit and Mike Woodson's there and, trying to figure things out. It'll be fun to watch him in person and kind of sit back and relax. Hopefully, if you're a Purdue fan, it will be after a win against Butler. But it's just a great day for basketball and a great venue, too. That's the other thing. And I think Matt Painter said uh, yesterday uh, in his uh, pre-Butler comments that uh, that's the thing. You know, Purdue, you want to play different types of teams. Butler is always a challenging team to play. And you want to play in a venue that's going to be kind of in a tournament environment. And that's what that is like Uh, when you play in that venue because by by the time the Purdue game's over, that arena will be, will be full because all the IU fans will be there ready for the IU Notre Dame game. And, uh, it's just a, it's a great environment and that you try to replicate the tournament environment as much as you can if you're a basketball coach. And that's what's too bad about the fact that it's going away.
0: Or you could just schedule to lose a home and home with Kansas. That's way better. I feel like you know (laughs) that that, that checks off a lot of boxes for you. And
2: and I would say that Painter did say you know yesterday. I don't think it's 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 over for the short term, but who knows? Um, You know, I think Indiana was the one. I think Tom Crean was really the one that, as I recall, that didn't that kind of didn't like it for whatever reason. Uh, You know, I don't know that Mike Woodson. You know, over time will change. I, I really don't know. Uh, it's just a, it's just an event that uh, again you get national exposure to you know the Purdue games on Fox uh, the, uh you know that's another another added plus to it of course Purdue now is the showcase team in this event and this year certainly and that's uh, that's a big plus but so anyway I'm lamenting. I I'm I'm just disappointed <laughs> that it's going away but we're going to enjoy Saturday just to sit back and watch some college basketball the week before Christmas
0: Alan I'm just concerned here because uh, you go back to that NC State game in a uh, Purdue team that just did not have any effort for, what, about 35 minutes or so, it felt like, uh, in that ball game, and then all of a sudden decide to, uh, to, to to turn it on. They can't continue to come out flat like that. They can't continue to kind of half-ass it here through uh, with, an, with that effort level early on. I mean, it was very lazy passing. Um, the turnovers were especially frustrating in that one. All of a sudden, the switch kind of flips, and they play the way that you know you're used to seeing Purdue play. What can Matt Painter do to reach them to not have that kind of performance again?
2: Well, I, I think, and, and we had uh, Ray Bell Davis on our show at Golden Black Live today, and and he talked about that as well about the fact he just didn't think they played hard, and 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 that at least for the first 35 minutes. And I think that's a little bit of a function of. Guys that used to shoot in the basketball well, uh, and when that doesn't happen, or uh, that just changes the the, the whole dynamic. And, and I think that that's, a, that's also a lesson. You know, this is a mature team, a, a team that, that is uh, uh, at an elite level or wants to be, certainly – Uh, you You have to bring it every night, but that's also the function of a basketball season, and you aren't supposed to be a finished product necessarily in December. What does Matt Painter have to do? He's got to put guys on the floor that are doing what he wants to do, and that means that's why Ethan Morton's playing. That's why Mason Gillis is playing. You know, and, and, and you're going to put guys, and, and that is an advantage he has. If he doesn't like what he's seen from an effort level, he can switch it out. Now, I also think it's going to be a consistent work in progress of figuring out that roster. It's a good thing that it's 10 guys and, and it's manageable, but I think you're going to see that throughout the course of the year of trying to find that right, find that right combination on the right night, and uh, that's what's going to be an interesting storyline. But, yeah, effort level was not, not, to, not at the level that we've seen at times at Purdue. And yet this team also has not shown that it's an elite defensive team. And that's going to be a storyline that <clears throat> excuse me, that Purdue has to figure out if it's going to try to make it to New Orleans in the Final Four.
1: And, Alan, you bring up Ethan Morton. You know, Talk about his contribution to this team so far. I mean, he's uh, logging in quite a bit of minutes all of a sudden and uh, seems to be the glue guy that kind of steadies the ship and also can uh, defend the uh, athletic uh, forward that the other team brings on the court.
2: Well, to me, he's a guy that, you know, and there were people last year that, oh, you know, Ethan Morton wasn't living up to expectations. Whatever that was, they aren't, they aren't critically thinking. Kid had, kid had mono, uh, you know, it was the COVID year, et cetera. This is a guy that again, uh, you know, was obviously a very decorated high school basketball player he wants to come in and do, you need role players. You need guys just to do the little things right. And be a great example. And that's what I like about him. You know, I know that he's not always pretty offensively. He doesn't, doesn't do much offensively, though he finds ways to get back cuts and get layups. And he's, we've seen him make threes, so he can do that, but he just does what it takes. And I think they have a roster full of those guys, to be honest. Uh, that's why the effort level thing, uh, Jared is, I think will get fixed because I think they've got great kids. They've got a great group of, of, of young men that want to do things and want to do things in a big way. So, but I love what he brings to the table. He's not sexy from that standpoint. He's not a flashy guy. He's, he's a guy that also has shown that he can defend a little bit. I think he can still get better defensively, but he's shown he can do it. And I think that that all those factors is you win national championships or trips to the final four with guys like Ethan Morton. Now you also get to the Final Four with the All-American level players like Trayvon Williams and Jaden Ivey, and they have to play at that level. But you get there with glue guys, too, and, I, and that's what I like about it. If you like basketball and you like the beauty of the game, uh, you like guys like Ethan Morton and Mason Gillis.
0: I just know how much Alan likes guys from Western Pennsylvania. They're all stand-up yeah, people, you, you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Karpik from GoldenBlack.com. Again, tremendous website, and especially if you're trying to get a uh, – uh, heads up on uh, this recruiting class, this uh, transfer portal, which seemingly only comes out in West <laughs> Lafayette, uh, as well as uh, new signees for Purdue basketball. It's a great place to do that and, and all kinds of other great Purdue stories. Alan, it's always a pleasure talking with you on a Friday, my friend. Enjoy tomorrow's game.
2: All right, sounds good, guys. Have a great rest of the show.
0: Take care, Al. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, and we'll bring you more of the Boiler Basketball Show next on 101.7 The Hammer. Welcome back. This is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017theHammer, 1017theHammer.com. Back over to our Hammerhead hotline we go. We have the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, Nate Barrett, is with us. Nate, uh, always a pleasure. I know you've been struggling. It's finals week and everything, too. I I know you've been taking your tests and everything, so (laughs) it's been a real busy week for you. I can't believe you got time for us today. I do appreciate it, buddy.
3: You know, I always have that dream from time to time, where you you've forgotten to go to a class all semester, <laughs> Still. and and then you realize it's like finals day, and you don't know anything. Oh. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what the what the. Counselors would say that means, but uh, someday I may have to pursue no, that. That's, you, that you, what does you,
0: that mean? You don't feel like you have enough control in your life. That's what it is. Because I do, uh, I still flash back to working at a Chili's, and I'm like the only one, and there's like 15, 20 tables I'm trying to get to. That's. There you go. I worked at a Chili's in darn near what, like 20 some odd years. So, I, you, you know, you're not alone in those, buddy.
3: Yeah, I, I always flash back to finals week and think that I'm like, what if there's a class I forgot to go to all semester? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Poor guy, Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you
1: welcome what, to Hammer Time Therapy. Yeah, um, <laughs> you guys are great therapy.
3: Yeah, uh, we're we're
0: billing you by the hour here too. Don't forget. Yeah, so. that's right. I need it. Thank you. <laughs> well, you probably need a little bit of therapy watching that game on Sunday, All man. I right. tell you what, they they show up, and I think you're expecting this uh, grand response to what happened at Rutgers, and you watch that first half, and, and you're thinking to yourself, "My God, we're not going to be ranked on Monday. What what the heck is going on here?" They found a gear eventually, Nate, but it, it took a little while to find it, and that is somewhat concerning to me.
3: Well, you always introduce me as knowing my uh, pulse of the fan base, and uh, and uh, I really all I should do in future appearances on this show is just read you guys my text feed from friends <laughs> from the beginning of the game till the end of the game, because you know, as you guys probably had on your phones, I mean, at the. You know, the start of the second half to that eight-minute mark, you know, it's a complete and utter meltdown disaster. I'll never watch this again. It's all over. And you're going like, <laughs> guys, three days ago we were ranked number one in the country. We still are ranked number one at this moment. And, uh, you know, yeah, we'll drop in the poll, but uh, this is a fine basketball team an group, and they'll regroup. Please don't freak out. And then at the end, of course, all the, oh, this was great. What a game. You know, Purdue's the best. Uh, but it all comes down to the, the leadership. Uh, you know many pieces, but the leadership of Travion Williams down the stretch, and a guy who deservedly is getting national acclaim for how he handled, uh, you know, being uh, coming off the bench and and seeding that starting role to Zach Eadie, and uh, he has just been so mature and then been a rock for this team to pull Purdue out of a very bad spot, and I think we talked about this last week, guys. That the the reality is that. Uh, a lot of a lot of concerning signs in the Iowa game at Mackey that Purdue won, flowed through to the Rutgers game, flowed through to NC State. Um, there's film on Purdue now, and so you know Matt and his assistants, while the guys have been taking finals this week, I'm sure had a, a long week to look at a lot of things of what they're going to do because it's, it Purdue shot out of there like a rocket, and then now there's enough film on them that the great coaches of which this league has many. Uh, Will be able to break a few things down and, and know how to counter Purdue, and so uh, you you keep coming back with Matt and his public comments about valuing possessions and uh, and understanding how they have to value those possessions uh, to make the most of them because you you can't no matter how talented you are there's no place for the for sloppiness and bad shots in this league. You heard Matt directly talking about Brandon Newman, and, and you know there's some other guys that Purdue's got to take rhythm shots, and some of these come down and uh, fire it right up, not in the flow of the offense, uh, creates transition, and it's how you get beat. And so uh, while Travion anchored them, uh, we have enough guys on film now to know that uh, Purdue is, is certainly one of the 5'10 best in the country on, on most nights, but they can darn sure get beat by just about anybody if they mess around.
1: And Travion Williams, a large man who had his breakout game against Notre Dame four years ago in right. the Crossroads Classic, uh, returns to to now Gamebridge uh, Hall or Coliseum, I guess to to take on the... Fieldhouse, field, field excuse me. Keep, keep, going, keep going through keep the going. hall. Uh, the, I, the I house, have a tough time keeping up with the name changes. <laughs> hey,
3: give give <laughs> Jeff a break now. He, he, he's over 50 and the name's changed about That's right. Hey,
0: hey no, don't say... He was just mean. Before we went on the air, he was just yelling at you about not getting an invite for lunch. <laughs> and I'm trying to... I, I got your back on that one. Come on. Hey, there's
3: there's not enough DNR to go around for you two. <laughs> I know hey, that. Jeff,
0: continue. Go
2: ahead.
1: So anyway, I mean, such a huge event. Uh, Coach he talked about yesterday about how he hates to see this come to an end. Butler has enjoyed this event because it's given them a national stage on national TV to actually pull several upsets and several times they've been against the 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 boilers as well as knocking off the number one team in the country and IU several years ago. I mean, how how sad is it that this event is is coming to an end and because. You know, it was able to bring four fan bases together in such an enjoyable time. I know you've been to numerous uh, games down there. I mean, how sad is it that this event's finally coming to an end?
3: It's very sad. And, um, I'm, you know, like, Jeff, I know you remember this. Years ago they had, uh, when Digger was at Notre Dame and Bob Knight was there, and uh, you had Denny Crum, and uh, you would have had, uh, who would have been in Kentucky at Kentucky that time, maybe even Eddie Sutton. But you had that Big Four Classic at the Dome and uh, on into Patino those years. And I thought this was a nice replacement for that with Purdue and Butler, you know, being the ones in there. And um, it's a great event for Butler. It's a great event for all of them. But, you know, you, the buzz is at Notre Dame and IU want to do something different. But I, I think, you know, central Indiana, downtown, the shopping, the restaurants and bars and the whole scene down there in the heart of, you know, it doesn't get more pure basketball in this country than those four programs in their state capital you know, at that uh, great cathedral of basketball that the field house is. And, uh, it's a darn shame. And you could really sense, I don't know if you guys saw Matt Painter's, uh, his, you know, his mini press conference he had yesterday, but he seems disappointed, genuinely disappointed in it. And I think it's also nice because you're traveling to a neutral court, but you're traveling an hour down the road coming off finals week. It's not like you're getting on a plane, you know, and, and flying uh, somewhere far away. So it's, uh, it's what uh, I, ho- I hope they'll find a way to bring back. And the truth is, guys, if Notre Dame and Indiana are the ones that wanted to opt out of it and they won't come back, well, let's let's find some other good programs that, that would uh, want to go back in there and do that kind of event. And there might be a few that, that would be players to do it, um, that that you could get their fan bases to travel for it, too. Maybe Ohio State might be interested. You know, there, there would or maybe Illinois. There might be some programs that would sub in and still travel well and make it a nice weekend.
0: I like it. I, mean, I do too. It's it's a shame that you can't get, like, Indiana back on board, get Louisville and Kentucky, and, you know, just kind of rotate Indiana versus Kentucky. I, we used to make a big deal out of that uh, Indiana All-Star versus Kentucky All-Star high school thing. You, you feel like that could have been, like, a natural yeah. thing to have happen. But, you know, yeah. I, I guess... Maybe you,
3: maybe you could do that. Maybe Louisville or Kentucky would have some interest, and you could rotate... Them through and rotate Notre Dame and IU through. I don't. I think there's some possibilities and, and you know Matt in, in his tone, it seemed almost like you know if he and Butler, form the nucleus of this thing, and Matt has all the relationships around the country to pull something like this together. It wouldn't shock me if if you see the thing come back in some kind of form.
0: I I dig that because like I joked around with Alan, um, it, it's better than uh, scheduling a home and home loss double loss to Kansas uh, at this time of the year. I mean. <laughs> Sure, that seems uh, totally great for some folks, but uh, it seems uh, ridiculous to throw this thing away, which uh, I, what uh, Allen brought up earlier, Nate, uh, you know, when Everett Stevens says that it's a monument to basketball is what Mackey is, and, and that's kind of what that whole thing was. It, it, it is. I, I get, look, I get why Notre Dame doesn't want to be in it. The fans don't really come down. It's a long drive for them. It's a little bit of national TV, but it's not doing a ton for them. Indiana thinks they can do better, and... You know, you got the the two teams in in Butler and Purdue that really valued that whole thing. Um, I I just, eventually I think Indiana comes back to fold, buddy. I I think they make this back into a thing and and Indiana goes, all right, no, that's probably the best setup for us. We should go back and do that because you're right. You're coming off a finals week and uh, you don't want to be driving too terribly far. You want somebody that's somewhat familiar that you've got some consistency with instead of, I mean, no offense to... Guys like Nickel State or anything like that because, uh, you know, I, I know they were pretty good the other night, but uh, some of those games just aren't doing anything for you to just get you warmed up to get ready to play Big Ten Conference basketball.
3: Well, Painter commented on that too, that you know you have a neutral site, you know, against a, a Power Five level opponent, a uh, neutral site, you know, against a, you know NCAA tournament type teams. That That's good prep. For, for Well, it's an NCAA
0: action. kind of site as well, too, right? Because yeah. you've got no, to learn how to shoot in these kind of gyms.
3: It's all a win. It's a winner of an event. It's been a winner from the beginning, and, and I just feel confident that something uh, will emerge uh, because there have to be coaches out there that would want in to that thing.
0: Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, it's uh, it's been a great week, hasn't it? I mean, despite the the game on Sunday with all the recruiting stuff and everything, too, has been great. I mean, basketball got themselves another four-star guy in the Draven gibbs Lawhorn yesterday. Look, there's still great buzz around all these programs right now.
3: There's tremendous buzz, and, and Matt and his staff have done – they've put themselves in a position where it, the word is out. I still think the Elite Eight appearance – uh, a few years ago, with Carson Edwards or changed the trajectory of Purdue on the recruiting front in terms of the conversation when they go in a living room, and now you're seeing Matt get to a point where he's not going to be restocking, he's going to be reloading, and uh, that is a huge, huge deal for this program.
1: And especially at the guard position. I know a lot of teams that used that against Purdue, that uh, good guards don't go to Purdue, and boy, they've been on a roll with Carson and now with uh, Smith and Lawyer yeah. and now with Gib Lawson. So I feel like you're missing a guy in there.
3: Some guy named Ivy.
1: I consider him a forward. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I thought he was going to say, well, I, he, I consider I him a friend. A, I think Jaden considers himself in everything. Yeah,
0: that's for sure. He can,
3: so. he can play any position if he has to.
0: <sighs> Boy, I'll tell you what. Yeah, that, that would be uh, – he, he's definitely doing big things, that's for sure. Nate Barrett, the yeah. man with his finger on the pulse of Boiler Maker Nation, it is always a pleasure to be talking with this guy. Hey, buddy, have a uh, great weekend. Enjoy the Crossroads Classic. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, guys. Take care, Nate. All right, we got a break. We'll come back, and we're going to hook you up with uh, more Boiler Basketball show here next on 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back. This is the Boiler Basketball show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. With Jared Jesselitis and Jeff Julik over there, and uh, we spend the whole hour talking Purdue Hoops. It's been a lot of fun so far. So uh, this is the point of the show where Jeff and I like to take a look at the Big Ten as a whole and uh, just kind of recap what's going on and, and preview what we got coming up this week. Uh, Right now, the conference standings at Michigan State with the best record right now. Look at them all of a sudden. Remember how we left them for dead early on? And then some handsome genius is always telling you about how that team gets better, and then they always end up being there towards the end. Yeah, they're at the top of the league at 9-2. They're 2-0 in conference play. Ohio State and Illinois both 2-0 in conference play. Uh, Ohio State at 8-2. Illinois at 7-3. Then you have the uh, Fighting Wildcats at Northwestern at 1-0. Uh, they said it's 7 and 2 overall. Minnesota, Purdue, Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, and Rutgers all at 1 and 1 in conference play. Uh, you got Maryland and Iowa and Penn State and Nebraska all in search of their first Big Ten win. There's only one team that is sub 500 right now, and that would be your Nebraska cheating cornhuskers.
1: <laughs> you know, and at the top of the conference, I think you, know, you look at Michigan State, you look at High State, obviously, Purdue uh you know and i'm still trying to get my uh finger on this minnesota team you know at times they look really really good and and you know they've got one loss on the season so they yeah, may but supr- look who they, they may are surprise you
0: buddy i mean they're, they're uh, look they they lost to michigan state at home which okay but then again they do go out there and take they beat michigan which uh, they've been a head scratcher they have the wolverine they they, they look like they have the talent um to do, to do what they need to do but they haven't quite put it together yet I feel like they will, but will they do it in time is the question.
1: Well, let's hope they don't have it together by what, January 20th when the, or when the Boilers make that trip, uh trip over to, to Ann Arbor. But uh, yeah, you know, ton of talent. They were, they were the team that the media thought was the team was going to win the conference. So uh, you know, they were tied with Purdue and in, in votes. So we'll see if they can continue to get better. And then you know, there's a lot of teams we just don't know a lot about. I mean, What's the story with Indiana? You know they've had such an easy schedule, and it seems like every time they play a a a team with a pulse, they they lose or blow a lead or, or lose something like they did to Syracuse and to Wisconsin. So, so uh, you know we'll
0: see. But oh, come on, uh, they dominated Merrimack, man. Come I on. saw
1: that they did. You know, I, and I think Ohio State's a fantastic team, but you know, losing the uh, game tomorrow against Kentucky, uh, that has to hurt them as they prepare for the uh, for the season and. And uh, you know the Buckeyes seem to be really good. They they struggle at the guard play, but uh, boy, I tell you what, when, when you get like Liddell and and Keys inside, they've uh, been very tough uh, in the post.
0: It blows my mind that Indiana is sitting at uh, what forty two in the net rankings. They have they're eight and two, seven and zero in quad four games. Like uh, uh, that just I don't know, just just seems bizarre to me. They're zero and one quad one. They're zero and one quad two. They're seven and zero in quad four, you just play somebody for Pete's yeah, sakes.
1: It's going to hurt them because, you know, they seem to struggle. You know, uh, Xavier Simpson has struggled at the point guard position. And, you know, he doesn't struggle when they play Merrimack and those kind of teams, And but he does struggle against teams that are, you know, are Division I type quality of opponents. And, and so that schedule is going to come back to hurt them. They're going and,
0: to go into Penn State on January the 2nd and be completely unprepared because – They will take on Northern Kentucky, I believe, here on the 22nd, and then UNCA, Lord only knows where they're from, um, on on the 29th. I mean, it's a schedule that does really nothing for you except inflate your ego.
1: And imagine if Notre Dame pulls off the upset and beats them tomorrow. I mean, that would just be devastating to that program who is obviously trying to get back, and, uh, you know, they've got a a way to go, and we'll see what happens come Big Ten time. But uh, right now—
0: of Northern Kentucky. Do you even know what Northern Kentucky's mascot is? I do not. They're the Norse. That's how much you've not (laughs) heard of them. And it's Kentucky. Why aren't you just the horse? (laughs) The Norse? That's a great question. Uh, Oh my goodness. Uh, And they're like four and five and... Whatever, whatever they need to do to pat Mike Woodson on the back for doing such a great job. By the way, if you thought UNC, what would I say it was, it was UNC uh, A or something. Uh-huh. If you thought that was from Car- uh, from California, you were wrong. That's UNC Asheville. Okay, is uh, what they're getting there. The Bulldogs, who are also 500. So, yay, there you go. Uh, You're gonna get what you put into it, I guess. So let's take a look at uh, uh, this week's uh, lineup here. What's on the schedule? Games that are still ago. Uh, We told you earlier here that Ohio State, Kentucky has been canceled for tomorrow due to COVID. Uh, They're not the only Big Ten games canceled for Saturday. Northwestern was supposed to host DePaul. That is off. Penn State was supposed to be taking on VCU. That is off. We've seen it cropping up big with, uh, first it was the NHL, then the NBA got it real bad. Uh, Now the NFL's getting it real bad, but they're still going to soldier on with those games. (laughs) It was only a matter of time before this starts hitting college basketball, um, and uh, it's already here and affecting things. So, let's go through the lineup for Saturday, though. Purdue, Butler, Fox, Noon, Gainbridge, Fieldhouse on that one. Uh, You still call it Conseco, don't you? You know,
1: it's changed so many times in my lifetime that, uh, you know, I'm... (laughs) The place is only, what, like, 20 years old? I may call it Baker's Life. Uh,
0: Okay. (laughs) Then you got St. Francis of Pennsylvania is over at the State Farm Center in Champaign. Indiana takes on Notre Dame in the second half of the Crossroads Classic at 2.30. Ryder at Rookers at the Jersey Mike's Arena. By the way, who in the world is – are they paying people to continue to call it Jersey Mike's? Because I think I had a slew of guests this week that were still calling it Jersey Mike's Arena instead of the Rack. It will always be the rack to me, just like it will always be Deer Creek. Southern Utah is at Michigan. Utah State is at Iowa. Um, no, that game's actually being played in South Dakota, my fault, uh, for uh, an event. So. And the Hawkeyes need a break. Boy, they had a tough stretch there. They played, yeah. uh, what, Purdue,
1: and then they had, uh, what, Illinois, and then uh, Iowa State. So
0: and you get a lot of games in a row. And you get a lot of these matchups, too. You've got to keep in mind everybody's getting out of finals they're really not trying to push it here. They're trying to round back in the form with some of these uh, we'll call them layup games because they can be, you know, challenging, but again, look at Wisconsin the other night versus Nickel State, a team that's going to come in here in a week or so. Um you 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 need to you need to pace yourself to get back in here right before you hit the conference stuff, so it's going to be a week probably of those games. On Sunday, one game on the docket as of right now, Kansas State We'll go to uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena to take on Nebraska. And, well, we've already made our
1: Nebraska jokes. You got any more? Well, that's an old Big 12 matchup there. So, you know, we'll see uh, what kind of crowd shows up. You know, but they get great crowds in Nebraska. They've had a uh, uh, sellout street in basketball as well because, uh, you know, not a whole lot of things to do in the state of Nebraska.
0: And uh, they like to support their teams. Just tell them it's a corn convention. They show up. Uh, (laughs) Illinois Springfield is at Northwestern on Monday, uh, 7 o'clock. That game, not on television, but Incarnate Word will come to Purdue on Monday. The Cardinals from San Antonio. Yeah. uh, Doc Doc Cunningham's still running them, right? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Old familiar friend coming on up here. That'll be nice to... to see. So that's on Monday. And you know, they had uh Ryan Smith on that staff.
1: Rhino was down there too. He was and how he has uh left to uh take a different gig. I think it's with uh was I'm mistaken, I, I think it's with uh Mercer and uh and Greg Gary. So yeah. So see, I'm so behind, I thought he was still over in Miami. I think he has moved on. So he Ooh. was with the in- Watch Inclimate out for Word and,
0: uh, Mercer's nothing but ex Purdue guys. Yeah, for Jeez. sure. Tuesday, we get UT Martin at Ohio State, provided the COVID stuff has sorted itself out at that point. Uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne is at Michigan, 7 o'clock on BTN on Tuesday night. Michigan State versus Oakland at 7.30 in Detroit. Uh, that's nice when they can uh, get those uh, you know state schools all together and to yeah. play in one basketball kind right of event. For the holiday. That's a pretty cool idea, I'm just saying, throwing that out there. Yeah. And then <laughs> Southeast Louisiana is at Iowa in Carver-Hawkeye. And those are the Tuesday matchups. You get into Wednesday right before the holidays. This is the last of it here. Quinnipiac, which is fun to say and fun to watch, at Penn State. Saturday night playing hockey, that's basketball. Northern Kentucky at Indiana, 7 o'clock on BTN on Wednesday. Kennesaw State at Nebraska, 7.30. Green Bay at Minnesota. And then it's Illinois at Missouri, 9 o'clock on BTN. In St. Louis, should be an interesting matchup.
1: It should. You know, that's always a, a game that uh, they play each year, and uh, two teams, and hopefully Conzo will have the uh, Tigers ready to play against a uh, much-improved Illinois team.
0: And then you get to Thursday. It's Morgan State, Wisconsin, in Central Connecticut at Rutgers. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Boiler Basketball Show. It is always a pleasure to be hanging out with you. Boiler up, and we'll talk to you next week here on 1017 hammer 1017theHammer.com.